This is a real-life, real-time business adventure. With two people from completely different worlds with a very big idea. Meet Steve. He's fresh from the corporate world, a seasoned technology and people leader who's jumped heart-first into the crazy world of being an entrepreneur. Then there's Emma, who's never been employed in her life. She spends most of her time proving the point that you can be a successful grown-up without taking yourself too seriously. Together, they're brave enough to believe they can disrupt the mindset of millions. Starting with nothing but a big vision, the rest they'll figure out as they go along. Ready, Ready, steady, shit! Wow, Emma, we're finally here, episode one. Super scary. I know. Oh my gosh. Yes, we are here. And do you know what? I do feel a little bit nervous, weirdly, because I've created new projects for many years, hundreds of times over. Some of them have been successful, some of them haven't been. But um, we don't talk about the (laughs) epic failures today. But for some reason, I've never obviously broadcast the process from idea to reality and shared it with the world because it's normally done behind the scenes. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I couldn't be more different, you know. Um, I um, have never done anything like this before and this is my first step off of the, the corporate cliff edge. Um, and I want to talk about fear because fear has been something that one of the things I love about you since I've known you is you don't seem to have any real fear to take that action um, that's needed to to start the the train towards success. But for me and probably a lot of people, um, fear is a big part of I think the way I've, I've approached work. Um, and it strikes me that with me, most people's fear stops them from just taking action in the first place. Which, if there's one thing to guarantee your um, failure, it's taking no action. You know, but you're completely different. You're such a special person in this world. Because you've just shown, just as you just described there, every everything you've done has started with an idea, and that's where the where the idea then dies if you don't take action. But you just seem to just know how to get yourself into a space where you take action anyway. And I don't know. Do you feel fear, or is it just the fact that you just that you can control it so brilliantly? That is a really good question, and I actually you're not the first person to ask me that, and and kind of people feel or think that I'm immune to fear and that I was born with some micro superpower shield that I do not have those feelings. But I think I do feel it and I'm more scared of not achieving my truest potential, whatever that is, than doing nothing. So for me, Mm. it's more a scary option. Standing still is just not, it's not something I would ever want to consider. If I thought that I was going to die on, next week I had five days to live would I be happy with what I've done so far no I don't feel like I've even started and that's the way and then somebody said it was a bit of an overachieving syndrome thing which is probably due to the fact I've burnt myself out quite a few times with that relentless drive to want to do more and better and, and bigger but fortunately through years of experience I'm learning to manage that better and and do no less things, but nice things with nice people that fill me with joy and are things that I'm really passionate about. So nothing feels like getting up to work. I mean, here's us having a chat about our 
exciting new project on a Saturday morning, which for most people in a normal world would be really bizarre that why would you Mm. want to work on a Saturday? Why would you want to eat into your weekend? But for me, I love the fact it's a Saturday because when you you're the creator of your own worlds, Saturdays can or the weekends and it's like I don't need to switch off. There's not a defined line between what I do for in a working or a business sense and what I do in real life. There's just an overall joy with everything. And I know that sounds quite unattainable mm-hmm. for some people. That how how do you get into that space? And but I, I think I have I I've always had so much focus on things need to feel good. They need to be enjoyable for me to want to do them. That's so inspiring. And, you know, there's a little clue in my many, many years, not quite 100 years, but 20 years of corporate existence on that exact point about working on a week, uh, weekend. You know, um, I've, I've worked in technology for many years, IT operations, and from time to time we do work at a weekend. And there was something really magical about that. Far from it being, oh, I've got to, and spend my weekend in the office but when everyone else has stopped their work the world quietens down in some way you know and actually it's a really clean place to do a little bit of work a bit of creative thinking and everything so that was a little clue that had I been more woke in my past life I might have taken note of that and realized that enjoying what you do is the important thing and labeling it as work is probably the first step to getting it wrong I don't like that word. I don't really like the word business. Mm. Business sounds like busyness, and busy is something that I think is a really bad, um, bad. I think I think it's an unfortunate habit that many people have adopted because we think that we need to be seen to be busy, to be seen to be important, and that's where all the good stuff happens. But it's complete opposite. And I've learned since I've moved now, obviously living in the most magical, peaceful place in Valdemosa in Mallorca, up in the mountains. And people are like, don't you get bored up here? I'm like, oh my God, do you spend a day in my brain, babe? There's never, no room for bored. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of jealous of people who do have the ability to get bored because oh. I know it's not that it's worrying incessantly that I can't kind of be at peace with myself, but it's, I I see I'm visualizing stuff all the time. I don't need to be around people and and noise and busyness to create worlds and invent stuff in my own head. So for me, the quieter the better. And I also think I always feel a bit cheeky working on a weekend, like I've got a bit of a upper hand on the rest of the world, like while everyone's <laughs> out doing nothing productive, getting a little step up. So when it comes to Monday, I actually tend to generally be quite easy with myself on Mondays because again I think there's this, this pressure that Monday come in come at it hard smash your goals and, and that is kind of anti how I like to operate I like to be a complete rebel and maybe take Monday off and be <laughs> such a rock star I don't do Mondays because I like to meet up with inspiring people um on a Monday to mm. set me up in a really good kind of vibe for the week but you know what you I said to you that I was actually feeling quite nervous about getting this thing actually started and it's not that I'm not I'm not a stranger to starting new things but I've never actually shown or shared the process of starting new things with the world so that's a bit like oh it's like 
delving into a little part of me that I've never really exposed with anybody. So I guess I feel a little bit vulnerable with that. Um, and another thing that people are, are surprised when I do admit, I get imposter syndrome just like everybody else. And and I have a, a track record of diving into industries that I know nothing about, like... And I actually, the less I know about it, the more excited I am to jump in and disrupt it and create something. That's really interesting because I think that's really worth unpicking because that is definitely a mindset difference between you um, and me and, and a lot of others. I think I'm on a journey of personal growth to to disrupt that within myself. But that feeling of not knowing what I'm doing is really linked to my fear you know, um, I in my corporate world, I've what's been drummed into me is you need to be an expert at the things that you're doing because that's where you get confidence from. But looking at you and having having known you for a few years, it's just challenging that model. So I don't think that's where confidence comes from. Confidence to do stuff doesn't come from doing loads of prep and knowing what you're doing. Confidence comes from doing it. Confidence comes from doing it anyway, and then the and the trust in oneself to know that it will happen and you will learn the skills you need just in time to make magic happen. And that's that's what you embody for me, Anna. Thank you. Well, the thing that I think um, I say about jumping into industries I know nothing about, although I'm jumping into uh, a world that is maybe something that I, I'm not known in and I haven't had any experience in that, I think that there's um, there is... I'm taking my package of whatever that is and I'm applying those skills to that particular world. So the the, the more experienced we get at realising what our superpowers are and what, what our thing is. Now, they say I'm the person who puts the cherry on the top. I always bring the fun, the edginess, the I don't like to do anything if it's just going to be a replication of something else. I love to do things differently and make things that shouldn't be sexy, sexy, and, and just make things fun. And I want every day to feel like play to me, and that's how I have literally lived my entire life. So this imposter syndrome thing, every time I'm starting something new, there's that little voice that comes in my head that says, you shouldn't be doing that, or you're not good enough. And I learned an amazing tip from Sonia Choquette, who's the queen of intuition, who you may know from um she's doing a lot with mind valley at the moment and um okay. she says we all have that name but we need to get it under control so what we need to do is we need to give it a dog's name or if you're really into dogs give it a lizard's name or something but say a dog's okay. name a breed a type and a character so every time that little voice pops in your head and tells you you shouldn't be doing something or you're not good enough I just say, shut up, Dave. Now, my 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 dog is a is a nasty Dalmatian. He looks like a nice enough dog. He looks really good looking, but he's actually a narcissistic, noisy, loud and annoying dog who loves telling me all the reasons why I shouldn't do something. So it, it works like magic when I get that little thing. You shouldn't be doing that. Who do you think you are, Emma? I say, shut up, Dave. And like magic, it disappears, and she's right. It really wow. just just cuts it down, and then we can get on with the getting on with getting on, like we were planning to. So, great tip, thank you, uh, Sonia, for that. That is a brilliant, a brilliant tip. I've never 
done that before. I have heard you talk about it, and um, you've obviously shared it with a few people close to me as well recently. And I'm going to do this right here, right now, live. I'm going to give. I'm going to create my my dog. I've never done this before. I didn't even plan this up front. I think I'm going to call my dog Brian the Bulldog with a massive ego. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and Brian the Bulldog is has got no place in my mind um, during this journey. Because it's scary enough as it is without that negative Brian bringing me down, holding me back. So shut up, Brian. I've got him. I've got him under control. <laughs> well, thank you, Emma. That is so amazing. Yeah, so you need to make, yeah, so make a note of Brian. Cool. Don't forget that. I've made a note. I'm going to actually draw him as well. I like doing a bit of art from time to time. So I'm going to draw Brian. I'm going to create a little caricature of Brian. Um, mean, mean dog he is. And... Uh, that's going to help me to get him under control. I'll let you know how it goes. And imagine by the end... Imposter syndrome. So I'm saying, imagine by the end of this process, you telling Brian to shut up every time he dares to tell you you shouldn't be doing something. Imagine how many projects you could potentially be cooking or how many doors you might have opened with that belief intact. So... That's stunning. That's such a simple tool. I can really see how... Just that embodiment of this of this negative chatter inside my head is gonna is gonna unleash my creativity and my ability to to get stuff done. So I love that. Love you. Thank you so much. That's amazing. I'm a, I feel like an imposter in all of this. I've never done anything like this with a, in a in a podcast form in this sort of amazing with this amazing idea that we've got that's gonna unfold before our our very eyes. Oh, I've had so much imposter syndrome. You know, I've just left my safe corporate world behind just about six weeks ago now or so. And almost on a daily basis, I've had the thought of, what on earth am I doing? You know, what have I done? This was the wrong time. Even if it was the right idea, which is not, shut up, Ryan. It's the wrong time. And I just think that the, to hear that you you have a bit of that as well in itself is really inspiring to me because... I, from an outsider's perspective, I just see this amazing person that you are taking action, getting stuff done, creating amazing, new, vibrant um, creations into the world. And I'm so humbled that you want to do this with me. And I'm learning so much every day just by speaking with you. And I'm just so excited to get this thing going, to tell the world about it and just to just to make it happen. And this, this podcast, it feels to me, is the perfect embodiment of everything you and I've just been talking about. It's being okay with the fear, being okay with the imposter syndrome, having some tools and tricks to get under control, and then stepping off that cliff anyway. Because what did you say to me? Leap. And the net will appear. Leap and the net will appear. What an amazing mindset to hold. And I just think that that doesn't guarantee success, but with the energy and the, and the faith and the trust in each other that we're building... I actually believe that this that, that that we can't we're on the right path we can't fail. I mean, whatever happens, it won't be a failure because the learning that we're doing as, as we go is is in itself a success. You're right, and this is how you reframe failure is a good thing. Like, I mm. I think it's a, it's actually quite cool to to encourage people to try and fail a little bit more. Because if you've never failed at anything, you've never really tried and you've never pushed yourself out of your comfort zone. And failing, I mean, the, the things that have gone wrong for me in business and life have taught me way more than the things that have gone right. 
in in a learning perspective and um and I see even just on businesses that I've created and they may have had success at some times. My very first company went out of business with a bang in the 2008 recession. And that was my first business and everything was going so well. I'd left the world of um, professional dancing and acting to go into business by pimping out all my good looking, talented friends in, as in my first entertainment agency. <laughs> and then... Um, that grew into a full production company and I took, I bought a big 18th century artist studio house in Barons Court in London, in England, and um, bought a 3,000 piece costume company and basically maxed myself to the limit. Had lots of full-time staff to run the whole operation and we were doing fabulous events and fabulous parties and gorilla PR stunts and really exciting stuff. And I was queen of the scene and then 2008 came along people couldn't be seen to be doing my really special fabulous parties and events and clients were calling me to say really sorry we want to go ahead with it we've got the budget but we're not allowed we've got to put on a face of austerity at the moment so needless to say I had to liquidate the company but I learned so much going through that process and it's been wow. priceless. And at the time, it was the most hideous experience of my life to date. I just felt such a loser. But it's actually made me so much bolder because I now know what not to do in many ways. That's so amazing. What's come up for me is this idea called the hindsight window. Have you heard of this? No. Um, I had learned this at Mind Valley University this year amazing speaker called Eric Edmeads spoke of this and he articulates like this the hindsight window is a period of time it's a time between an event happening that you perceive to be bad in some way until the point where you realize on reflection that was amazing it was the best thing that could have happened because it led to other things and this is the hindsight window and he goes on to say that the the shorter someone's hindsight window generally speaking the happier they are in life and the more satisfied they are in life and the real the art of mastery comes from closing that window down to the absolute minimum and just the story that you just said there emma suggests the same sort of process there at the time it's like oh shit all you know this amazing stuff that i've been i've been doing is coming to an end but now or at some point in your past you realized that's an amazing experience and i've learned so much from it and that's yeah that's a beautiful example of how Every situation, as long as you learn from it, is a good situation. Every cloud really does have a silver lining in some way and yeah. conditioning ourselves to see it. And, and I see whenever anything goes wrong or something breaks or... I Do you ever have one of those days when you're feeling really clumsy and a bit cross and you catch yourself on yeah. the door handles? And it's those days where you know you need to just pull yourself back, regroup, ground yourself... Take a deep breath because you're going to walk around and do something really stupid in that state. It's like I've got a lovely, fabulous caftan, which I wear around the house. Lots of bright colours. People call me Joseph when I wear it, but I actually think it's much cooler than Joseph's Technicolor dream coat. Anyway, when I'm angry, or I'm not angry very often, but if ever I'm a bit out of sorts and I'm charging around the house being a bit clumsy or I'm running late for something, which I try to avoid these days, I catch myself on it, on the door handles or... <laughs> in really random places well, they're the days you bang your head getting out of the car and you're like what is going on I get in and out of this car every day three times a day and then 
we kind of need to just breathe. I'll tell you what, that's really real. You're right, everyone I'm sure can relate, I can relate to the, those days where we're just randomly clumsy and, and things that we normally do completely routinely, we're just slightly out of sync with our own Self. vibration somewhere. It's awkward, isn't yeah. it? It's a horrible feeling. And mm. and sometimes you really, really, really awful, uncomfortable things can happen if you don't pull back on that. Just take a moment to reset yourself and let's start again. It's like get out of bed on the other side and see if that works. (laughs) So I was saying about when you have those clumsy days and you might bang yourself or bang your elbow and do those really awkward things. Again, that seems a bit of a cloudy scenario, but it's a reminder to ourselves that we're out of alignment with us, with who we're really supposed to be. And we're kind of out of of whack. I I call it when I say I'm out of sorts today. I just don't feel myself and it's to pay attention to the smallest things just to bring us back and then everything's a whole different story isn't it totally really that, that, that's that's such an obvious thing it's just about kind of noticing when we're feeling that way and then just doing whatever we need to do we, we've all got our own preferred way of doing it for me it's taking a, a deep deep long breath and then a deep slow breath out and it just recenters me brings me back to the sense of control and sense of balance. Sensible, Steve. Yeah, we don't want that too much. <laughs> Shut up, Ryan. <laughs> no, but I, I um, sometimes if it's if it's really out of whack, I might go for a nap. I find having a short, like no more than twenty four minutes if I've got time, because if you go over that, then you can get a bit groggy and it can turn into an hour. Why twenty four minutes? They're scientifically proven. I've done some research around it. You know, Einstein, I think, used to like to nap, and he used to nap with a metal spoon in his hand. And when the the spoon dropped, he went into that, I can't remember the the name of the state of sleep that it is, if it's alpha, zeta, beta, I get confused with... I don't really do technical terms with this, but I understand the point where he went into that state, the spoon dropped and he woke up, Mm -hmm. but that was enough time in the sleep to refresh himself... So he was back to being brilliant again. So something in the in, in the brain waves with around no more than twenty four minutes is like a magic number. But it can be. I mean, I can go sometimes in and out in five minutes and just really feel refreshed and reset, which is magical. That is magical. I've when I've had naps before, I've just called them power naps. I think when I've had that hit that magic time. I know what you mean. I can I can remember the feeling of being like somehow re-energized, re-motivated, almost inspired just by taking a nap. And maybe that was maybe it's this magic twenty-four minutes that you're speaking of. Well, I, I'm an advocate, as you can see. I've got a day bed in in my office, which is a really important prerequisite. And sometimes, mm. if I'm ever on a, a meetings off-site or on-site in, in someone else, I'm like. I get quite frustrated if there's nowhere I can go and reset properly. Yeah. And I know nap rooms are becoming a thing, especially in um, Silicon Valley, that some of the big tech companies are putting nap rooms in, understanding the benefits. So we've actually mm. we've covered some quite interesting things today, haven't we? To, to, I mean, we have, we really have. And you know what we've spoken about? We haven't even mentioned what we're actually, what the purpose of all this is, have we? <laughs> We haven't, but that's part. I think that's part of the um, the magic here is that that will unfold over time. We've got this great idea, haven't we? Um, this massive idea to help um, 
others sort of take the build up the confidence and the inspiration and the tools to to do what we're doing basically i feel like i'm basically the almost like a kind of a guinea pig a case study in my own right um and you're just the magical magical person to show this that it's possible i like that you i can see that being um turned into a nice cartoon character steve the guinea pig because you you you're so brave and you are you're you're the reason um when I was trying to figure out who was going to come on this journey with me for this particular project, originally I was I had some female business partners, but unfortunately, through to their existing commitments, they were unable to um, follow through, even though they did want to. And because it, it started out being a, a women empowerment project a year ago, but mm. it, that was only based on the fact that I run a, a women in business group in Mallorca, and it seemed a relevant tie-in but actually I feel like there's so it's not enough we need to speak to men and women together with this everybody needs to share the magic so that's when I knew that we needed a a boy on the on the on the board and um you just jumped into my head and I think that's something that I talk a lot about is being so trusting and in tune with my intuition and just get I just get those impulses to do something to call somebody to uh, just ask the question and let it settle and then pretty much most of the time the answer drops in and there's actually a lovely mm. thing who is it that says this and I will re- I will remember if I don't remember today but they basically she is quite young American blonde that's not lowering it down very much, is it? She basically, <laughs> she basically says, um, every morning when she wakes up, I know I can actually. Uh, I've shut off my messages. I won't try and get anything pinging now. Every morning she asks asks a prayer to her higher whatever, higher purpose, higher angels, whatever, whoever she's talking to, and says. Where should I go? What should I do? What should I say and to whom? And it's a really beautiful. Um, and I, I feel like I'm really bad that I want to credit her now. And I think I just have an email that came in this morning. It, Gabby Bernstein. That's who it is. Okay, Gabby. Thank you, Gabby, for that little nugget. You know, um talking about intuition yeah there's it's a, a lot of stuff out there right now in the personal growth space talks about listening to your gut and following your intuition and i'd be able to buy into it for sure i do think that's one of the things that that we need to help people to let go of because in the corporate world the the indoctrination is the very opposite you know the intuition is not the thing that's going to make money keep us safe it's all about up here all that thinking our way through to solutions and I think that's what's so true in what you say, and you embody it. Following your intuition, it doesn't necessarily make you immune to making the wrong decision, but the following your intuition and following that trust that every path has a silver lining means that you can't go too far wrong because you're in alignment with yourself. And I think that's special. And back to what you were saying about the, the boy on the board, which is a lovely phrase, I was so grateful and so humble that you thought of me and just didn't hesitate did I because I just knew in my own gut 
this was the right thing for me at the right time working with you I, I just had a sense that you were someone special anyway and to have the chance to work with you and to learn from you was just why would I say no you know it just felt automatically right knew it was right and that was the special thing when you do I, I as you know have many ideas all the time and quite often there's an idea that could potentially be a collaboration with somebody that I know or somebody that I've met and I'm quite likely in the very first stages of the burst of the idea just to reach out hey want a coffee about blah 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 just to just and how people respond to me throwing a bone to them for me is a really strong indicator if they're the right person or not so although the I might have an urge of a inspiration but it will be sent back to me in the wrong way, how they respond. And I've had this a few times because obviously I've been in a process of reinventing myself over the last couple of years and figuring out what I'm going to do next. And I didn't know, um, a year ago, I didn't know what the next project was going to be. And I was quite consciously Mm -hmm. keeping myself clear from jumping into anything too quickly because my last two big brands I built, one the one that, went out of business in 2008 I think I had that for six or seven years and then the next one I had for 10 years but I still have I'm just not actively working on it every day and it's a lot of lifetime eaten up by these projects that have ended up in the past eating me slightly alive very consuming I become I became them I became I was so inside and this is something I've made a different or I've made a decision to do differently with everything that I do moving forward, I'm not going to get inside the bottle of the product. Because when you get stuck inside the bottle, you can't see your own label. Then it becomes very difficult to get a fresh, keep a fresh perspective on what it is you're doing. And in my experience, I've lost myself within businesses and haven't been able to see it from the outside. And that's a dangerous mm-hmm. space. And that's only something that I've uh, practiced by not liking the way I felt when I became too embroiled in my own creation and I almost felt like I drowned myself in it. So although I am 100% into my approximately three projects that I've got going on at the moment with different business partners, it's not the same feeling as drowning myself in it because it just feels like I'm just bringing me to the party and we're co-creating this thing. That's the thing, but it's not all of me it's just the part of me that it this project needs and then I come away from it and I can still see it clearly from I've got great I love paper and I'm really you know I'm not techie like you really and I love a good I love a bit of pen and paper and I've got files for all of my projects and I scribble like mad and then the papers always go into that particular file and I don't I'm quite good at not even thinking about something and just picking up oh today it's a kiss kiss bang day boom where are we with that all the focus today is a ready steady shit day so (laughs) out comes the file (laughs) yeah that's that's beautiful I think it's important to to know what one needs for oneself you know um you you love paper I have played with paper for um, uh, quite a long time but I've just got I, um, myself I am a techie you're right and having um, my iPad with my Apple Pencil the paper like cover screen on top of it to make it feel like I'm writing on paper it's a dream for me it's a dream because it means that 
all of my notes are already accessible across my devices and I, I love I love tactile and it feels as close to having a paper pad that I've ever ever um, discovered in a piece of technology before but being a techie at heart I love new techie tools I've got everything around me I've got my airpods in um, I've got one two three four devices in front of me right now and um, I love it do you think it's time for us to wrap up today I think we've got a wrap in four minutes. So do you want to um, give us a lovely, sexy conclusion? Absolutely. So this has been a beautiful conversation. Um, and I just think it just goes to show that the number one, my one, number one takeaway is people. With an idea to happen, it needs the right people with the right level of trust together. Um, number one, I think we need the right mindset which is what you're bringing, and I'm absorbing by osmosis as we go, and I love it, and I feel alive because of it. And we also need the right tools, mental tools and other things, um, mental tools, um, uh, physical tools that are right for us. And I think with those three things together, as we kind of continue to push this idea without worrying too much about being inside the bottle, this is where magic can happen, and I'm so excited to see how this unfolds. Exactly. So, thank you, thank you also for trusting me. And you, the reason you were invited to be the boy on the board is because you fill me with the feeling of validation. And, and don't get me wrong, I know that we're not supposed to need to be externally validated. However, I have lived quite a an off-centre life and been involved in the mum world with lots of local village mums for the last 10 years and my way of doing things and approaching life was quite different than most of them so I didn't necessarily feel always appreciated or understood in fact I felt misunderstood quite a lot so to feel seen valid valued and and also know that I'm helping lift someone else's life and not only yours but hopefully when we get to the next we will get to the next stages really sharing this messaging to the really God, the world basically that's the plan isn't it 100% it absolutely is and on that one final point for me on that on validation I agree with you completely they all say that the, that the, the growth we've got to do we've got to heal our inner child and we've got to um work out how we can self-validate because then we don't need anything. That's a great concept in principle. But who do you have you ever met that actually has achieved that? I don't know anybody who's ever quite achieved that. So I think it's okay to need a bit of external validation. That's why the team is so important because if you can find people with the right with the right vibe, I think that's why we, we can achieve things better together with the right people. Because we're all on our own personal journeys, aren't we? We've all got our own inner scars to heal and everything else if we get the team right i just think that's where magic can happen i can't wait for more of this steve you've been brilliant Me and, too. Um, well thank you for listening and um we'll be here doing the same thing talking about the next stages and i think we'll be talking about our strategy a little bit more next time so that people get a bit more of an idea about what we plan to do and one of the okay, things that it's probably worth just mentioning before we jump off is I believe in seeing a vision and feeling how it, that 
is going to that end result, that thing I can see in, in my head that we're obviously sharing together. I can feel it and I'm not sweating the small detail at the moment. And this is something that you will learn as we go through this process. Holding on to that vision, staying in the passion and my ultimate state of joyful anticipation. That's the magic space. Joyful anticipation. What a footnote. Leave you on that one. Bye. <laughs> See you. Okay, bye. You've been listening to Emma Boardman and Steve Maxwell on the Ready Steady Shit podcast. By sharing our journey, we want to show that anyone, including you, can achieve their dreams. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of Ready, Ready Steady, Steady Shit. Shit.